Well, in our gospel reading for today, as we continue through the Sermon on the Mount, it looks like Jesus is talking about two different things. It looks like he gives two analogies for Christian life and influence in the world, and then suddenly out of nowhere shifts gears and starts talking about the law. But I think the two topics are connected. Let's start from the top. You are the salt of the earth. And then Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Jesus is saying something very important here. Now here at Servants, we're blessed with several preachers, and rarely is it that one of us gets to preach two weeks in a row, but this week is my second time in a row, so I get to build on what I preached on last week. Last week, I emphasized that Jesus doesn't give us the Beatitudes as character traits that we need to strive hard to live into, but as areas where we can find ourselves as we are and be blessed. We don't have to work up poverty of spirit. We're not supposed to, um, to, to force ourselves to be good enough that we will be blessed, but in our own brokenness, we can be blessed by God. Jesus continues that line of argument here, not outlining what his followers need to be, but what they already are. He's left the crowd behind and specifically speaking to his disciples, and he's addressing his followers, and he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus gives us here two visions of what Christians are, salt and light. Vision. The word's been coming up lately as I've been talking to people about life here at Servants. I've been your intentionally short-term rector for seven months now, (laughs) since the 1st of July. It doesn't nearly seem that long. And I wrote this before realizing that the former rector is here this, this morning, but uh, we all had a vision at that time, a vision for the future, and that vision was to tread water until the new rector arrives. <laughs> and I have to say, we've succeeded. We're really good at treading water around here. If team water tre- treading were an Olympic sport, we'd be gold medal favorites. I'm thankful that we're treading water. It beats the alternative. We're holding our own, and we're in pretty good shape. But I think we need to look a little bit farther than treading water. I'm afraid that a lot of us, me included, started off with kind of the idea that the new rector would arrive on a white horse and immediately issue a vision for the future, and we would gasp in amazement at this grand and lofty vision. But in reality... When the new rector arrives, it'll likely take about a year for him to even figure out who we are, to understand where we're located and what kind of vision we have a possibility to cast. So the pastoral staff and the vestry are going to be thinking about what goals and visions we can set for ourselves. And I hope we follow Jesus' lead here. Not to think about what we need to become, but to focus on who we are, what we are, and then to be it and not to be something else. This is what Jesus says here. You are salt. You are light. Not You need to work really hard to be salty. Not you've got to strive hard to shine as much light as you are. Not try really hard to be salt. And instead he simply says, recognize who you are, and then be what you are. Be salt and light in the world. Salt does several things. It flavors food. 
If you watch cooking shows, one of the big complaints that the judges have, those kind of contests, one of the big complaints almost always in every show is this needed more salt. Now, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not addressing your own particular medical requirements. When I was young, I had low blood pressure, and the doctor said, just eat some more salt. And then it wasn't a few years ago, the doctor said, no, you got high blood pressure, so don't eat so much salt. But it adds flavor more technically than livens the flavor. It stimulates the taste buds to be more receptive to the food that you're eating. And as Christians as salt, we enliven the world around us. Salt also encourages us to drink water, to drink from the living water. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you can put salt in the oats. And maybe when he gets to the water, he'll be thirsty. And then salt preserves food for us. In a world without refrigerators and freezers, we don't often use salt to preserve food. When I was a kid, my dad had all the Horatio Hornblower novels and by C.S. Forrester, and, and I'd read about salt pork and salt beef, and I had no idea what they were talking about, but that's uh, food that's been packed and caked in salt so that it's preserved. Now Jesus says, don't lose the saltiness. How can salt lose saltiness? Well, you have to look at the culture of the time, okay? We're not saying that sodium chloride loses sodium chloride-ness, Okay. But most people in the common world in the, in the ancient Near East would get their salt from salt marshes or the sands of the uh, Dead Sea where the salt would wash up and then dry. And you take that home in a big bucket and you leave it outside. And when you want salt for something, you take a scoop of the sand and put it in some water and stir it around until all the salt that's in there is, 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 is blended into the water and then you strain it and you have salty water to use for your food. But when it rains, that salt will leach out eventually over time into the ground. And as Jesus says, all you have left is the gravel, the sand to throw out on the pathway. Don't lose who you are. But Jesus says we're called to enliven, stimulate, and preserve from rot and disease and decay. And don't lose that ability. Jesus says you are the light of the world. Or what does light do? Okay, that one's pretty easy. It enlightens the dark. It enlightens the dark. The world's a deeply dark place. You've all heard suicides are up among young people to a terrible extent. People who should be the most hopeful among us. So many young people confused about their gender. Struck with the terrifying belief that their spirit is born into the wrong body. How horrible, how terrible that must feel. And there are people who encourage them and say, you're right, you were born in the wrong body. How scary. You've read the headlines about opioid overdoses. Again, unbelievable numbers of despair, deaths of despair. So many people in darkness, so many people in pain who need light to shine into their darkness. Jesus elsewhere says he's the light of the world. Jesus is saying he, he shines through his people. Jesus tells us to be who we are. Don't lose your saltiness. Don't hide your light. It's not like we need more classes in how to be more salty or how to shine more light. Simply be who you are. Now, to be who we are sometimes takes strength and courage and wisdom. Jesus isn't saying fake it until you make it. 
He doesn't tell us to be some kind of fake people who pretend we have it all together. We've got all the answers to be salt and light. He doesn't want us to be fake salt or fake light. He says, be salt, be light. Be what you are in Christ. And then it looks like Jesus shifts gears. He's been saying, be who you are, and now he seems to shift to talking about the law. But I think he's just moving on to the next line of thought. If the message is, be who you are, then the conclusion might be, well then, we're okay just as we are. But no. Jesus says he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Because all the law and the prophets find their fulfillment in Jesus. The law and the prophets, the Old Testament, don't ignore it. Everything in it points to Jesus. When I was younger, I used to think that the Bible was about me and what I need to do to behave, how I should live my life. But that's what the Bible was about. I remember the week I realized I'd been wrong for a long time, a very long time. That Sunday, I had preached on David and Goliath. And back at that time, Jose was loading the sermons onto the website, and he was giving them titles, and he picked a good title for the sermon I preached. It was, You Can Defeat Your Giants! With a big exclamation point. He had summarized perfectly what I had preached. And then that week, I stumbled across the writer Graham Goldsworthy and and a book called The Goldsworthy Trilogy, where he talks about the purpose of the Old Testament. And one of the first examples he gave was, so many people misunderstand the story of David and Goliath. And I said, I know they need to hear my sermon. Thank you, Jose, for putting it up there. And he he says, the the, the, the story of David and Goliath is not that you can defeat your giants. The story of David and Goliath is that you're one of the Israeli soldiers, the Hebrew soldiers hiding in the trench. And there's that big, scary giant. And who do you need to come along and defeat the giant but David And that points to a greater son of David who's going to defeat the giants in your life that you are hiding from. And I said, wow! I'd completely missed it. I thought the whole point of the story was that I can defeat my giants. The whole point of the story is I can't defeat my giants. That's why I need David, the son of David, to defeat the giants. Well, Jesus came to fulfill everything pointed pointed out to us in the Old Testament. Jesus moves from salt and light to do you not think that I've come to abolish the law? Wait, was anyone actually thinking that? When I read you are salt, you are light, did you think, what's that guy talking about? Is he thinking about abolishing the law? But think about it. If we're already salt and light, then is there anything else to do to become righteous? We might be wondering that. Well, if I'm supposed to be who I am, then I guess I'm okay the way that I am. And Jesus says, no, truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Or the King James translated that as a jot or a tittle. A jot, J-O-T, is the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and a tittle is a little upscore on a character that tells the difference between one character and another. One little upswing on a character, one little dot on the parchment. But Jesus says, not an iota, not a dot, not a jot or a tittle will pass from the law until all is accomplished. We might say, not one little comma will drop out of the law. Not the dot over a small letter I will pass away. 
And then Jesus says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What a high bar. These are the religious leaders, the religious big shots, the people who go around making a big fuss about their own righteousness. And Jesus says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That would be like on the top of an application for the University of Florida, it said, for I, in big letters, for I tell you, unless your IQ exceeds that of Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, and Stephen Hawking, you will never enter the University of Florida. <laughs> These are the religious experts. And notice Jesus doesn't say, not until you're as good as they are. He says you have to exceed them. Even they won't make it. Now, if we take that one verse away from the rest of Scripture, that's pretty scary. It's going to be even scarier because Jesus is going to set the bar even higher. I don't want to steal whoever is preaching in a couple of weeks' uh, thunder, but just 28 verses later, Jesus is going to say, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And he's echoing Moses who wrote, Be holy as I am holy, says the Lord. God's expectation is, God's demand is that we be perfect as God is, as holy as God is. Now, how can that be so? I was taught this a while back, so you can steal it from me because I stole it from somebody else. But you think about it like this, okay? Down here at the bottom, let's write the most evil person in the last hundred years. Hitler, Stalin, flip a coin. I guess there's some others. Okay. And then, you know, who's the most holy person in the last hundred years? Maybe Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, somebody else might come to mind, Grandma, you know, somebody might come to mind. Um, but think about it. Uh, Billy Graham talks about how, and, and then where were you, would you fit? Well, not with Hitler, but you know, not with Mother Teresa either, you know. Um, Billy Graham spoke of the sins in his life. Mother Teresa went into detail in her autobiography about the times of her doubts and, and sinful nature. And God's expectations are even higher than Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. Who can be as holy as God? Who can be as perfect as God? Well, God. God in the flesh. Jesus Christ. Jesus is as holy as God because Jesus is God. And he fulfills the law. He fulfills the law and all righteousness. And when we identify with Christ, Christ's righteousness belongs to us. This is what we read last week in 1 Corinthians. Because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who, came, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The righteousness of Christ Jesus becomes ours. The sanctification of Jesus becomes ours. The redemption of Jesus becomes, becomes ours. Paul says in Philippians, it takes him a while to get there, but stick with him. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God of faith. Jesus is continuing the same line of thought. Be who you are, salt and light, but also be those who have received Christ's righteousness. If you, when you identify with Christ, then when the Father sees us, he sees Jesus. Christ's righteousness becomes our own. The righteousness greater than the scribes and the Pharisees becomes our own. The holiness of God becomes our holiness. So be who you are. Be salt. Be light. And be children of God, accepted by the Father, wearing the righteousness of Christ. Be who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.